This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno. Welcome to an all new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your emotionally unstable host, <laughs> Lo Von Rumpf, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. No place I'd rather be than here with the Low Lifers. This is a safe place. I hope you're having a good day so far. I hope your week is off to a good start. I'm starting my morning off with you guys right now. I have my cozy little sweatsuit on, and I just got the most delicious treat of a drink at Starbucks. All right, so I just tried the iced chocolate almond milk shaken espresso drink. Oh my gosh. Ooh, so good. It's basically chocolate milk with coffee in it. That's what it tastes like. Similar to a mocha. I guess it's just a different way of saying mocha. Yeah, as I'm thinking about it out loud, if it's chocolate, almond milk, and coffee, yeah, it's basically a mocha. But anyway, it's so good. I usually just drink a black coffee, uh, iced, of course, with the splishy splash of either oat or almond milk. But sometimes you got to change it up, spice it up once in a while. So that's what I did today. And I'm already having a good morning so far. I hope your week is off to a good start. And if you're not having a good week, if you're feeling a little down in the dumps, shitty kitty feels this week. Don't you worry, boo boo. You've come to the right place. We're about to turn that frown upside down because we have an amazing show in store for you today. If you're new to the Low Life Podcast, welcome. You picked a great day to tune into this show because the guest I have today is not only the most important human being in my life, my best friend, my confidant, my business and life advisor for pretty much all aspects of my life, but she also happens to be a Low Life favorite here at the podcast. My mom, who I call the queen, uh, came on the podcast back in December of last year, and we did a very special episode on parenting, and she opened up about a lot of the trials and tribulations of just being a woman in her 30s, navigating life, starting her own companies, and trying to raise a little shit like me. And she opened up in that episode about a lot of things that I didn't even know about her uh, in regards to parenting and just who she is. So anyway, that episode did so well. It's actually my number one most downloaded episode of this podcast. So that's episode number nine. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go treat yourself, my kings and queens. It's so good. Uh, I sometimes listen to it because it always puts me in such a good mood, too. So since that episode, she's been back for a few more. She's done about three or four more episodes, and they always do really well. My listeners relate to her so much, as do I, and, and I'm just so thankful to have her on this podcast because she's my best friend. She's genuine, she's kind, and she has the biggest heart of anyone I've ever met in my life, really, though. So being able to bring her on this podcast and, and share with you guys means the world to me. And I'm just so glad that you guys are so receptive to listening to the queen. And for today's episode, I let the queen decide what she wanted to talk about. And we were at the kitchen table trying to figure out what direction should we go for this podcast. And I've noticed throughout my life, and, and of course in hers too, that because she works with small businesses and entrepreneurs, I always get asked by my friends, family, and colleagues if the queen could help them with their job search, with their resumes, with their interview process. That's been happening for years. And when I talk to queen about it, she's like, yeah, same here. People always are asking me. That's like the number one question I always get uh, from people that I work with and just friends of mine. And they'll say, you know, could you help my daughter out or my son or my wife or my husband? You know, they're getting back into the workforce and they need help with their resume or they need some tips and tricks to up their game and that sort of thing. Some business advice. And can you share some pointers, you know, especially when it comes to the interview process or the resume? So although I was a little apprehensive to dive into this topic because I thought, would it resonate with everybody? Like, was this something you guys want to hear? Uh, but the more I thought about it and after talking to her, I was like, I think this is actually very needed and super helpful because whether you're looking for a new job or a career change or you're unhappy in the job that you have now, this episode will help you. And if you're content in the job you have right now or you're a small business owner and you're just doing your thing, uh, this episode could still be beneficial to you because there are some great tips and tricks and golden nuggets of wisdom that you could apply to your own life or help other people. You can always share this episode with others. And I know it will be helpful. And the thing is, when it comes to sitting down with the queen at her kitchen table, I love that she's always able to share advice. And of course, she's happy to give it. But there's always stories behind every lesson she's learned. And, you know, she's definitely had her ups and downs with business. You know, she's been through it all, been through hell and back. 
And she definitely started from the bottom and worked her way up to where she is now today in her career, which is very inspiring. But as I mentioned in last week's episode, she never forgot where she came from. She stayed true to who she is. She's remained humble, kind, generous, loyal, and has made it her mission to give back, which is awesome. As the queen likes to say, she's taking people from the barrio to the boardroom, one resume at a time. So without further ado, let's jump into today's very special episode, a conversation with the queen. Hit it. All right, I'm here at the Queen's Casa. We're here at her dinner table. It's where it all goes down in the kitchen. The food smells incredible. Taking a little break from cooking to be on the Low Life podcast. Uh, but she's making what is over there? Frijoles de la olla. Boiling, mole. Mole. Some arroz con pollo. All comfort foods for the soul. It's gloomy outside, so whenever it's gloomy, the Queen throws it down and makes just the best soothing dishes that uh, remind me of my childhood. Like the perfect weather for it. Oh, yeah. Gloomy weather, like mm-hmm. fresh pot of beans. So good. The thing is, Queen, I feel like I hit two birds with one stone because I get an amazing guest with you. You know, you're the highest requested guest from the Low Life podcast, and you're the number one most downloaded episode on this shit show. My goodness. <laughs> this shit show. People love you so much, Queen. And I understand. I love you too. But like, I love I your low lifers too. Sure do. They're a good group. Um, you know what? It's an incredible little community it that is. we've built. And I have the best, kindest, most sincere, loving listeners with a sharp sense of humor. And I just, yeah. I'm, yeah, and they don't miss a beat. They definitely don't miss Mm-mm. a beat. But they they definitely loved listening to you. And they've sent me so many DMs saying, when is she coming back? When is the queen coming back? And you're a very tough guest to book. No, that's not true. It is. No, though. that's not true. It's actually, let's <laughs> don't listen just to them, everybody. No, that's not true. Well, no, it's been months. No, <laughs> it's because you've been busy. I have been busy. Yes. But never too busy to have you on. Yeah, but you've had some really great guests. So I have had some wonderful uh, people come on the podcast, but no one beats the queen wow. to this day. The queen reigns. Supreme. Oh, and it's the perfect time to have you on because, well, it's Hispanic Heritage Month, mm-hmm. which feels like Christmas season here with the queen. She's cooking up a storm. She's super mm-hmm. Hispanic. Uh, and um, oh, my God, <laughs> it's the perfect time. You know, the things you say to celebrate your super Mexican. Oh, my God. So I figured we're just hitting two beans with one stone, if you will. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to hurt you. I've only been here three minutes, and I'm already getting the chancla. La chancla. Oh, that's so. Oh, my God. There's this really funny YouTube skit. That's a thing with Hispanic moms. They would always throw a chancla at their kid. It could turn corners. Yeah, from a distance. You could be saying something disrespectful and get a chancla to the head. La chancla. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. So I'm here with the queen, but it's the perfect time because, again, Hispanic Heritage Month. And last week, the episode I did was uh, celebrating, honoring Selena Quintanilla and her contribution, her legacy to the Hispanic community, the Latinos, and and really the impact she's made on culture, society. And she's influenced so many people to this very day, which is incredible. I was introduced to Selena through you. You love her music and mm-hmm. Nana, of course. Uh, but I, I want to take the time and take the opportunity to 
honor and celebrate incredible Hispanics in this world. And you are Hispanic queen that I absolutely adore. And you've influenced my life greatly. And I mean, selfishly, I, I get to enjoy you as my mom, my best friend, my confidant. But you've also served as a mother, a friend, a mentor to a lot of other people. And you've helped thousands of people literally with their resumes, with their life, with their career, with finding the job of their dreams. You've impacted a lot of people, Queen, being a business boss bitch. Oh, my goodness. You love it. (laughs) And I'm so proud that I grew up in a house where you're so driven and dedicated to not only bettering your own life and getting out of mm-hmm. the ghetto, but also helping a lot of people along the way. You've always built people up. And that's a wonderful thing about you. And you've lived your life that way and always giving back, always building community, always building people up. And I've been so inspired by that. So I thought, okay, we have to do an episode just having you, spotlighting you. Well, it's kind of like the ant mentality and not the crab. So in the crab mentality, if we're all at the bottom of the barrel... When one tries to get out, they claw at each other to keep them down. Which is very common, actually, in Hispanic culture. It's common culture. in a lot of cultures, um, dominantly in ours, too. But you keep everybody at the bottom where if you study ants, you know, ants find a way, even though you squash it, there's a hundred more that come behind it to still take that food or get to the food or whatever. So they're constantly teamwork or, or being resilient, Yeah, it, coming back and making it happen. So I like to think I'm an ant. Well, there's a lot of directions I could go with you on this episode, Queen. I could do a whole episode just talking about your cooking because I love you as a chef, a businesswoman side of you. You're a leader, again, a mother, an amazing wife, a lover. Oh I'm sure two men before a father. <laughs> you definitely God, had would you be a quiet good time on the what streets. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, but today, Queen, I want to talk about career, business. This is what you want uh, because I asked what topic would you like to cover? And career, business, job optimization, specifically the importance of your resume. You're an entrepreneur first and foremost, and you've owned several businesses. And I've seen you firsthand speak at these major conventions. You've hosted hundreds of workshops, seminars, and all of those things are meant to help people. You've been masterful, Queen, in helping thousands of men and women find their dream job, make a salary that gives them some self-worth and pride. And you've helped people find a career path that is truly fulfilling. So I know entrepreneurship and business is the queen's game. Specifically, I know you have a definite soft spot, a hard on for women in business. That's where the queen's heart lies is for women in business, minorities. I know you have a soft spot for vets too, uh, being that dad is a veteran. Well, my family. Oh, yeah. And you have family members that have served in the military as well. Yeah, my stepfather, tons of family members who are veterans and really marginalized women who come from you know, homes maybe where they were battered or, you know, so I work a lot with battered women, right. so regardless of nationality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just women in general. You yeah. Like love advocating for women. women in business. Of course. Yeah. And I've noticed just watching you for well over 20 something years, really paying attention. I'd say since the age of 10 is when I really locked in on, on the business angle of you. But I've, seen a common thread throughout your journey as a businesswoman, as an entrepreneur. Uh, I know you went into, you know, private sector. Of course, you worked for corporate as well. But I've noticed that the common word that I always hear throughout the journey (laughs) is a resume, resumes. And you always have stressed the importance of them. I remember when I was getting into the job force, you were helping me with mine. Well, and I know you said to me, even when it comes to resumes, you're like, you might think you don't need one as an entrepreneur business owner. Yeah. Mijo. But you're wrong. And you this are so is wrong, so my love. Wrong. Yeah. Right. So I thought about it. I'm like, well, why would I need a resume? Are you saying I'm going to lose my styling business? No. <laughs> and I think, you know, for the listeners, I know it does seem like a dry topic, uh, resumes, but it's going to be wet today. Well, I think it's <laughs> spice because, it up, Queen. No, honestly, is because I really think people don't understand the why behind it. So if we could put a heartbeat to it where you can understand that it's a tool that's going to help you then all of a sudden it's not so dry. All of a sudden you want to know all the little details because you want to make sure that you got a a sharp tool to get out there with. And for me, maybe I don't want to call it a resume, but if I was applying for a loan or anything like that as a small business owner. Well, small business owners definitely have to have a resume because if you think about it, you know, a lot of small business owners have to work off the side, do a gig, anything to offset the cost of their business. 
So that's important. Um, you want to get a loan, you want to get an investor, whatever it takes, you're still going to have to have a resume. And if your business takes a turn for the worst and you've got to go out back to the job force, it's good to have your resume always updated. Yeah. So no matter, even if you're, you know, a small business owner thinking about it, you still need your resume. You just do. Sure do. You do. <laughs> this passion that you have for helping people and job optimization and the main thing, I guess it falls under the umbrella of what you really do for a living, which is economic development in the state of mm -hmm. California. But I'm just <laughs> curious, like that side of you that loves to help people and thrives, especially when it comes to business, yeah. specifically with resumes. Where does that come from? I know there's origin story to everything, but the passion and drive that you have in this particular line of work. Where does that stem from with the queen? That's my first yeah. Diane Sawyer question for you, queen. <laughs> well, I think that this topic is helpful. And I hope that it's helpful to everyone who listens to it because it's something that's not discussed with more meaning. I have a lot of passion for it, but, you know, obviously, Miho, I, I come from a family of, um, you know, definitely a, a broken home. And I think, um, you know, with divorced parents and to look back and see, my mom actually have the nerve and the strength to leave my father, you know, a couple times actually at a time where, you know, women were more marginalized. And I mean, every generation talks about that, but I know for me, what I was prone to witness, like in the seventies, um, that was a bold move. And I remember I was scared that she was getting divorced, but I was more scared for her because it was just a tough time. If you think about the seventies, I mean, when I went to school, easily, if you looked around, 85% of all my, my friends, 85% had a two-parent household. So if you oh, wow. came in, yeah. So if you came in and That's you, like opposite now. I feel like it's so well, common. Now it's like, 50, like 47 or 48%. Yeah. They're, you're going to see half and half. Half people have, you know, yeah. and the other half I know don't. whenever I tell people like, oh, my parents are still married. I always get like, wow, really? <laughs> like yeah. shock. Like, oh my God. Because you and dad have been married for over 30 years. Yeah. But here in my day, I mean, you went in and maybe five or 10% didn't have, you know, two parents. And even more weird, I mean, if you think even back, less than 10% had a father not in the picture. So everybody had a dad in the picture. I didn't. You know, my father left and then I didn't see him very rarely. But I mean, for the record, Nana was a pioneer of the time when it came to divorce. She was a modern day Elizabeth Taylor. She had a few under her about five divorciados. Not five. It was five divorces. My dad, daddy. Came okay. She don't, she's going to go through the rundown. <laughs> she had four. Okay. But you know, which is trailblazer. An, well, which is another topic for obviously another day is why do we fall into the same patterns? You know, so she actually went through divorces because she fell in love and then got married, fell in love, got married. But now you fall in love and you can live together or you can break mm -hmm. up. So it's a little bit more formal back then. Yeah. So, you know, I, I that's a whole other topic, obviously. It's a whole other episode. Yeah, we will but dive if you think into about it, um, Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, but, family. you know, back in the, you know, 70s, maybe two kids in your classroom, you know, less than 10%. Yeah. of your classroom had no father figure in their life. So you were just kind of off. I mean, it was tough times. So when I was growing up, I worried for my mom because she worked full time and then she worked, I'd say she was more the original for the side gig. So she'd work in the factory during the day and then she'd come home, tend to us for two hours and then go clean, you know, um, oh, yeah, she office worked in buildings. custodial services. Yeah, she worked in custodial. But back then it wasn't, gosh, I think, it wasn't until 1974, maybe, that women could even get a credit card without a husband's signature. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, that's not, I mean, if you think about it, I'm like nine or 10 years old. So that's, you know, you're watching this as a, as a young child. And how sad. That's wild. Because that wasn't that long ago. 1974, yeah. you had to have a uh, co-signer for your credit your card? Your husband, yeah, your husband actually had to sign. No, co-sign no. on it yeah you couldn't or it wasn't even until 1973 that we can even serve on a jury in all 50 states women couldn't serve on a jury no and often that was like in god i remember 1973 maybe when that big thing passed where all 50 states allowed women because they thought we were too oh, some sentimental states had some very few and then too sentimental 
Yeah, that we wouldn't be able to be objective and oh, like too emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we oh, went through God. so. So we here you are. You're, you're watching your Such poor parent dicks. go that. So. I think it should be the opposite. Like women should run the judicial system, <laughs> juries and Supreme Court. Men yeah. should be banned. Well, yeah, and I, I think you know there was a dependency on men. It was tough, and I think it was like, gosh, we go back to you know me and my numbers. 1977 mm-hmm. is when hard like some of the Ivy League schools even allowed admissions for women and so there was a dependency oh yeah harvard didn't allow women until around Mm -hmm. 77 1977 for an ivy league education yeah that's only you know i that was me and almost getting into high school so it was you know it's fresh to me maybe not well you're you're in your mid-50s now so this is all not that long ago yeah and i remember being in high school where if your mom or someone was pregnant and they were working they would be discriminated against. You could be fired if for being pregnant, for being pregnant, for getting pregnant, because now you were a liability. And oh, so God. I think that was that those laws came out like in 1970. So wrong. Yeah. So anyway, I just think I can understand my mom. I guess for me, I looked at like, wow, she's got it so tough. It was just added another layer of fear as a as a child from a broken home because. I was scared for us, but I was scared for her too. More scared for her. Like, what's going to happen to you? So with dad not here. Mm. So I don't know. So I think for me um, to get into this line of work, my goal, I think, I think I just have this innate thing wanting to empower, empower people and, and help them get to the next level or at least level the playing field. And that's when I saw the power of the resume. And I, I saw that firsthand with my mom because, you know, Nana worked janitorial yeah and as we got older i remember our i worked in um, human resources did a lot of recruiting and all of that but i remember seeing a job opening for a what was that job opening i saw oh this is when nana applied to be a uh, facilities coordinator a facilities coordinator yes so mind you backstory she had worked in factories doing like on the line jobs and then did a lot of custodial service in hospitals, office buildings, her night job, literal maintenance. That's Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was her experience. And she had a, up to a fourth grade education, Mm -hmm. you know, by the way, I say that, but no shade because she was so smart. She was street smart. Oh my, yeah. My mom gave me some of the best life advice ever. So much soft skills. (laughs) Yeah, definitely uh, street smart. And she really, um, you know, you had to be, she had to because she had to rely on her own, what is it, her own wits. Her own gumption. Her own gumption. Walking away from marriage and all that? Sure. Yeah, bold. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, getting back to why I'm so excited about resumes, I remember coming home and saying, hey, mom, there's this facilities coordinator. And at the time she was doing still um, janitorial and I would help her all the time in the evenings. And I said, mom, I think you can take the work that you do there. And we could repackage you because just because that's the work you do doesn't mean you don't have transferable skills. She says, well, I can't be a coordinator. That's working inside like an offer. Yeah. Fancy. Fancy. (laughs) (laughs) I said, but why not? It's like an office job. Yeah. I said, it's working, you know, in a exercise facility, but you would be, you know, doing all the orders and supplies and the shipping. Oh, it's for a community college. Yeah. So she would be in exercise science. Yeah. Coordinating. So she would run sports. that whole, you know, basically that whole section. She said, well, I don't even have a resume. It says you have to have a resume. And I thought, well, let's get in there and let's create one. And at that time I had, I knew how to make basic resumes, but kind of like you, I thought it's just a resume. It's just a piece of paper. It's not a big deal. But I remember opening the job description and having to study it and then looking at the work she did currently mm-hmm. and finding a way to make it transferable. But at the very top, you know, we put, you know, obviously your name, your address, all that. And then you start off with a summary. And I wrote your executive summary, an executive summary. And I put uh, 20 years experience maintaining facilities, uh, following strict safety and chemical protocols, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowledge of equipment, building maintenance, OSHA requirements chemical usage and cleaning processes elevated the lingo well I, I it's called transferable skills yeah so even like for your listeners if you're doing something right now see how it relates to the job you want you know so even if you're working at home or 
you know, you're managing your household with your children, the work you do there is transferable to other work. And that's how you had to start, you know, just building back up your self-worth and not being scared to do it. And, and then I remember adding, you know, excellent communication skills with the passion for customer service and ensuring facilities are maintained to stringent company standards. But I remember writing it out and then I did all her skill sets and, and printed it out and brought it home. And the look Mijo, on her face was like, is that me? And I said, this is you, this is you mom. (laughs) So she felt worth. Oh my God. And I think, but it's not just her. I see that in every resume I do. And it could be entry level to CEO. When we sit down and really fine tune and capture the essence of somebody, Mm -hmm. the essence of you, whoever's listening, man, it changes. It's a game changer. Yeah. And so it's kind of like you with styling. It's that transformational experience. It's the same with residents. Yeah, people. exactly how I look at styling. And I just it's remember thinking, wow, you know, I watched my mom make the leap from one position to the other with a fourth grade education just by the power of agreeing with what she was putting on this paper. I don't know, it was huge. So I just thought that's how I pay it forward. This, this is what I want to do. I want to help more people do this. And yeah. I mean, resumes is not the only thing I do, obviously, but. It's kind of my passion project on the okay, side. I see your little eyes fill up with tears. <laughs> well, it's, it's because so it's so sweet it's when you talk about this moment. It's sentimental, and not just for my mom, but not all the Yotis, of, No, I'm not crying. It's everybody out there who feels, you know, I would say from the barrio to the boardroom. Amen. And all that became the jobs your mission, in between. To take women, people from the barrio to, to the, the boardroom. Board all I low income, it. mid, whether you're trying to make it to the top or make it through the day, you know, Amen. whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether what your needs are, you can empower yourself. And anyway, the resume to me became important. Yeah. I recently read a study, it was on Forbes, I think it was Forbes magazine, that over 55% of Americans are going to be looking for a job change, Mm -hmm. changing it up in the fall, like now. So I thought, okay, like here I am thinking a resume, a job search, job optimization episode wouldn't resonate with my listeners, but but I think you're onto something here, Queen. I think it's actually very important. And this episode could hopefully, the whole point of this one is to to help people. Uh, But when it comes to resumes, I know that you take a definite psychological approach to even finding a job, even putting pen to paper or typing up a resume. I know that it's more psychological for you. I I even remember you in my teen years referencing Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is... (laughs) Something that I'm very familiar with, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, I think it's really interesting the way that you've applied that concept into how you want to approach getting a job and, and putting yourself in the ring. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's five steps pyramid. So at the very mm-hmm. bottom of the pyramid mm-hmm. is physiological safety, right? Let's see if you listened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. F- physiological needs. safety or needs, physiological mm-hmm. needs. And then above that, next level is safety. Mm-hmm. Then above that is belonging mm-hmm. and then esteem, like your self-esteem. And then at mm-hmm. the very top of the pyramid is where we all want to be, self-actualization. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your life, you should want to hit all of these different targets. And when it comes to building your resume, I know you've applied it in that way. Yes. So I'm going to let you just take it from here, Queen. Well, I... Bye. <laughs> here she goes. Silly. And away she goes. I think... For me, what helped my, what helps my clients is when we first start off on a project is what is it that you need? And they always say, oh, I need a job. That's what I need. I need a job. Yeah, but we got to really assess where were you? You know, what's your end game in all of this? And so if you're out there thinking about this, just get in your head. What's your end game? What do you need to be fulfilled in the next job that you find? What's the reason you left your last job? Because it's important to take a step back and assess your situation so that we can put some more structure to your job search and so to speak. And then once you find the job you really like, then you're going to pay close attention to the resume because you don't want a shotgun approach one resume and boom, you're sending it out. You're farming it out to like 20 different. Have you noticed a lot of people do that? A lot of people do that. One resume and they just send it out to everybody. They do one resume and they shoot it out to everybody. And then they say, Oh my God, I haven't been called back and all that. And I say, well, let's dial back 
And let's look at, so if you look at the basic needs pyramid, and like you talked about at the very bottom, you know, we have five basic needs that need to be met for you to feel fulfilled. So think about the last job you had and assess what you want and what you need in a job. Okay. Okay. And let's put some feeling behind it so that your resume takes on a little bit more life. All right. So let's go over it real quick. So like for survival at the very bottom, you talked about that. You want to make sure that you know your budget, and we can do a finance episode another time, but for survival. And when you talked about survival, Mijo, that's really more your food, your shelter, your water. Are you making enough Physiological in this safety. job yeah, to survive? And oftentimes you'll know that that's not being made because you hear someone say, I love the job I'm at. It just doesn't pay enough. Yeah. I went to college to get this degree, and now I graduated. And oh my gosh, the job market is not well for what I just went and, you know, sacrificed four years for, or eight years for. So you always want to look at your budget, take a look at what do you need to make. And the next is security. So the next level is security, and that's the stability of the is, job. Isn't it safety? Safety, but safety is do I feel safe? Do I feel secure in this job? Safe that I'm going to get this income? Am I going to be laid off if I'm going to be let go? So I'm taking Maslow's and kind of shifting it to work terms. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So okay. is the area that I'm going to work safe? Is it unsafe practices in the, I mean, it might be working with chemicals, whatever. Yeah, will you I be mean, at you, risk? Yeah, you want to assess, you know, what your, your safety and security, if you take a bus to work or you have to rely on, you know, Uber, is it in safe areas, all of that. Is it seasonal work? Yeah. You know, what's their layoff? You know, have they recently downsized, layoff? I need to know that the, where I'm going to work, I feel safe and secure in. Okay, to make my household needs. Then belonging. Well, that's going to reflect on next level up. Belonging. Yeah. Think about where you last worked. Did you like how they treated their employees? Did you like how you treated? What didn't you like? What's the culture like? Yeah. What do they offer? Do they offer opportunities to grow? If you haven't worked in a while, what kind of company culture do you think you'll thrive in that you work well in? You know, do you look for team oriented or you're someone like you had said? before you want to work remote or industry specific, or I like to work by myself. Yeah. I like to be in control of my own self. So a sense of belonging is a really important factor. And maybe, you know, you're more focused on using your degree. You know, I want to make sure my degree is utilized. Other people may not. And then importance, you go up the next level and that's critical because you need to know that. Which is esteem yeah. on the technical pyramid. It's esteem, but you're saying it's yeah, importance. Do I feel important where I valued. work? Am I feeling valued? Is um is it a dead end job? Mm. You know, do I feel that my I employer that does my manager listen to me? You know, do I feel like I know what my job is and what's expected of me? Right. Am I important? Am I listened to? You know, do I feel stifled? So that's a big thing. So if you know these, then it leads into your job search, and you kind of know what's really important for you to feel self-actualized, fulfilled in these needs. Right. And the object is to find a job that you're going to get the pay that you need. It's a location that you're not driving. If you want to drive two hours, that's okay. If it's an hour drive, whatever. You see a lot of people talking about that. Yeah, the commute's killing them. The commute is killing them. Or they love them. it that it's near their kid's school or right. whatever. Right, All of those, I think we don't realize that psychologically... <laughs> We're thinking about all these things before we even start applying. So if you find something and you think, wow, it hits these really root you know, buttons in me that I really need to have fulfilled. In your, in your little pyramid. In your little pyramid, then you're more likely to put the effort it takes to do the resume. Got it. Makes sense? Yeah, makes sense. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, when it comes to having the, the resume... I just remember from things that you've told me in the past that it's always a live document. This is something that's ever changing. And I remember you telling me about a master resume. I have one mm -hmm. to this day. I haven't updated it, to be honest, Queen. I need to get on that. Uh, but <laughs> you've told me about having a master resume. So could you dive into what are some of the biggest blunders that you've seen with resumes, mistakes, and how to optimize your resume to actually get the job you want. One of my girlfriends was just telling me she had submitted a resume. She meets all the qualifications of the job. I mean, she's more than qualified to get the job that she wants, but she hasn't been getting called back. She hasn't been able to get an interview and she's so frustrated with it. And I get it. And she had all this excitement and momentum in the moment. She's like, all right, I'm going to 
put myself out there. I'm going to get this job. She took some time off and then, you know, the pandemic hit. Now she's trying to get back in the workforce and she's really struggling. And I was just talking to her about, you know, how she was just feeling down on herself. She's like, I've went to school. I, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on right now? So for someone like that, and I'm sure she's not the only one in that position right now. It's feeling frustrated or down on themselves. I think diving into some of the mistakes that you could be making and not realize you're making mm-hmm. would be good, Queen. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for her, but honestly, 98% of resumes are eliminated before they even get to me in the HR department. Really? Yeah. And 98%? Yeah. And oh, a lot of it. 2% squeaking through. And a lot of it is because they make some major formatting errors. And if a company is using an ATS system, which is an automatic tracking system. ATS. ATS. That basically, and a lot of, even small companies are starting to use those. I think 35, 40% of small companies. The most powerful way to still get a job, obviously, is word of mouth and, and networking. They call that the hidden job market. But if you're applying online and you're making some formatting errors, that's the number one thing that I see are off is the formatting is off or they only have one version of a resume and they're shooting it off to every job opening that they find. So formatting is more like logistical, like you margins, font, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think what happens, like you can find, you know, a lot of people say they find a template online. Are those bullshit? No, you know, it's okay if you want to use a template as long as you understand what you need from the template. So in a template, if you like the, the style of it, meaning the bullets and the outline, but you want to make sure that whether someone's writing a resume for you or you're doing it, make sure that you just don't make some of these blunders. And that would be like, don't add graphs, don't add like colors, don't add pictures. In most cases, you don't do that. Some in, yeah, in some <laughs> industries you may in architecture and stuff, but they'll have you. Oh, sure. But I, I had someone turn in a resume and she had a picture of herself in the corner. <laughs> I had a gentleman do that too. I cannot. Yeah, because Bold what a, move. I mean, unless you're template. going as like a model or I don't know, porn. Oh my god. An actor, a headshot. <laughs> but what else would you need to put a picture? That's such a was it a job that required a photo? No. No, it was an admin job, but you know. And I think your <laughs> so LVR style of a few weird. people have sent pictures with resumes that you Actually, get. Actually, you're right. Yours. They have. Remember? I thought, wow. But if we used an ATS system, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even get past that. It wouldn't yeah, even get I would past that. never have seen it because... An automatic tracking system, your resume has to be clean, clear, concise. Like Times, so, New or- Times New Roman, 12 font. 12 font, one, inch, one margin. inch margins all the way around. Okay. If you attended college but did not graduate, don't lie. <laughs> Just put the years that you attended. If you notice the content, make sure the content on a resume make sure that you list your duties in bullet form is always the best. Yeah. It's easy. So just know that we're going to take maybe seven seconds. Once it gets past ATS and gets to me, maybe seven to 30 seconds tops is as much time as we have to look at wow, it. Wow, attention span of a little squirrel. No, no, no. It's just you, you're looking to see, okay, I'm looking for these keywords and we'll talk about that. But here's the keywords. Does it have to have it move on? Because then I'll Got bring it. them in for the interview and I'll get to more. We'll talk through the resume. Okay. Right now, I just want to see if you meet the basic skills and needs requirements of the resume. So, and just remember, and then the other thing I talked about is don't just do one version of your resume. And people tend to do that. So you have your master, you know, your master version is what you're going to brain drain everything down to. Everything you've done, all your skill set, mm-hmm. everything you've been involved in, if you've got certified for things, yes. any awards, that sort of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, put your awards, put your education volunteer, you know, bullet down all of your um, job duties, your previous, that's a time where you research and make sure you have the accurate dates and locations of where you work, names, all of that. That's not going to be seen by the employer. You're not sending that off. Mm -mm. That's kind of your reservoir. You're going to tap into that to create your customized one. Okay. So what you should know is you have a master resume. That's just everything brain drain. Mm -hmm. Then from that, you go into a customized resume that's the one that you're always going to go back and keep tweaking to the vibe and the keywords and the specific duties that each employer that you're applying for will need. Oh, because each company will have very similar but different qualifications. Well, every company has different needs, different pain points. Sure. You know, I may, looking, I may be looking for someone who is excellent with 
you know, software programs. Another may look for people who, you know, just have um, admin, you know, maybe on the computer. Yeah. Or an important thing, let's say for a new company, if you're wanting to apply to a company that's like newer, smaller Mm -hmm. business. Maybe looking for someone who's launched new products. Yeah. And understands how to grow. Someone who's innovative. Innovative. I may use words like innovative, you know, um, uh, yeah, fluid. Things like that. But if you've established and you're celebrating 25 years in business, you're not going to be looking for innovative, you know, new territory. You look for someone who understands policies, procedures and longevity, longevity. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That season that's been in the industry a while. You see that they are looking for people who are going to come in and just keep turning the crank. So I think it's really important that, you know, that's probably the biggest blunder. Those two are the biggest blunders. You have too much formatting to get past the ATS and you don't use the right keywords, the description, words from a job description added into your resume that customizes it to me specifically as an employer. Like literally copy and paste. If it says you need initiative, take that and work that into your actual resume. Work it in. Don't just, yeah. Like you said, you, you can cut and paste and then work it into the sentence. Yeah. You know, show initiative by creating are cover letters still a thing? Do they matter? Mm-hmm. If you have a resume, should you submit? Does, is it crucial? Could you do without it? Thoughts on, I've had a few people ask me that question. Do cover letters yeah. matter nowadays? You do. And, thing of the well, past? some employers won't ask for it, but you'll see cover letter and resume, you know, when you're applying online. And I think a cover letter is really important because sometimes like for me, if I'm looking at a resume and I'm on the fence about it, they have the skills quick, quick, quick. I'll go to the cover letter and the cover letter lets you talk to me a little bit more. So you're recapping, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pleased to this. I bring, you know, 20 years and I'm excited about this. I have a passion for it. And I noticed on, you know, on the website, your, your company is growing and I've worked on numerous projects. So you could just beef up your recap in a cover letter and then look forward to, you know, being selected for an interview or being part of such a dynamic team. So always, you know, the cover letter, helps you recap it and add a little bit more oomph and then your resume. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So then another thing that you want to consider also is your soft and your hard skills. So the resume content. So you, like we said, you have a good idea of the format, simple, plain, get past Mm -hmm. ATS, the tracking system. Okay. Now we've gotten past ATS. You don't want to get that. You want an 80% match, but how do you get that 80% match in the ATS? Hard and soft skills. So do you know, do you remember what those hard are? Hard and soft skills. I, I think I'm pretty masterful <laughs> in soft skills. No. I think I am. Well, I know hard you skills are. is like quantifiable data. So it's like where you went to school, what kind of degree you got, how many years you were in a specific job, like your hard skills are like certificates that you've received for yeah, whatever they're measured. industry you want. So yeah. Measurable things. Those are learned abilities okay. that are acquired and have so I don't like have a, a lot degree. of hard skills. Considering no, no, of course you do. Well, I didn't graduate from college. That's not the only hard dropout. skill. I'm sure, I have other hard skills, but I'm saying my soft ones because those are things like initiative. Well, see, think, let's go first on hard skills. Okay. Hard skills are learned abilities. Those are acquired. Like specifically, you may want to apply somewhere and they're going to say you have to be first aid certified or you have to have a college degree. Um, you have to type, you know, 65 words a minute. Things that can be measured are hard skills. And every job description, that's the first thing I tell my clients, look at the hard skills first. And you'll see that under requirements. And a lot of people interesting just glance at job descriptions. But I said that job description becomes gold to you. It's going to tell you everything you need to know for your resume. So lo- look mm-hmm. under requirements and you're going to see if they want um, things that can be tested like skills assessments or it could be a leadership certificates must have, you know, latest version of this in Microsoft Office. You know, Got it'll it. tell you those are all assessment skills. OK, mm-hmm. that's hard. Then you have your soft skills and those are desired qualities. So I think to me, it, they're both a combo package, but people are like oh, soft skill. That's a throwaway. No, because most people are terminated because of no soft skills. They mm-hmm. have lacking. They're lacking in soft skills. Getting the boot. Um, yeah, like ability to deal with conflict, um, teamwork, creativity, customer service, service and um, oriented, fluid, ability to problem solve. Those are soft skills. And that's why I say 
when clients come to me and say, well, I've been at home for a while and I, I feel a little inept. I'm like, no, you've got some serious soft skills. We just need to change your resume format to more functional. So when you have your resumes, you have your master resume. And then I said, you move into a chronological if you're going to focus on your employment history, your work history, but then you're going to use a functional if you're going to focus more on your skills. So there's two types of resumes, chronological and functional. Right. All right. So let me just break it down. Got the resume, got your soft skills and your hard (laughs) ones. Great. Yes. I'm going to focus my resume more on my soft skills. That's my strong suit. I don't know if it's always been my strong suit. I assume <laughs> because those are things that are learned, right? Like qualities like like initiative and, and drive. You had to and, learn it, Miho, as yeah, a baby. Sure, of course. You know why I say that? Because it's actually, it's actually, okay, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Okay. When you were really little, and, and I think your little low lifers out there, are, moms are going to understand this, or caregivers, but sometimes we can overcompensate. Let's Where say, are you going with this? Well, I'm just going to tell you the, what's funny about your soft skills because you're saying you were so my strong good. Suit. It was your, it's not always been your strong suit. I had to help oh. you. So, a little bit like, of a learning curve. When, we were, when you were sure. really little, like you know, four and five years old, I remember that I think that we, life lesson, lessons learned, I guess. And as a mom, um, I overcompensated. I think oh. I felt guilty that I had to work and that, you know, I wanted to make sure that you got to be a kid because maybe I didn't get to be a kid. I had a self-parent so much. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents do that. I think we overcompensate and we try and do too much for our children. And so we, we miss the mark sometimes on that. And I know I did. So like in, instead of you being at the table and me kind of guiding you to pick up your plate, put it in the sink, I was always in such a hurry. I'm like, you're done? Okay, here you go. I'd pick up your plate. Okay, now time for playtime. Here, I have everything laid out. Play with this. And then, and that's just how we had our, yeah. our morning routine. Well-oiled so machine. It was a well-oiled machine. And then I remember taking you to um, kindergarten. And who was your kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Mrs. Credit. Mrs. Credit. And she asked to speak with me, I think, in your third week. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling your godfather, oh, maybe they think he's too advanced because I do so much. Oh. That maybe they want to move them to like first a kindergarten grade. honors, B- yeah. up a grade. Yeah, I think I have a a, a gifted a, a gifted child because <laughs> in my mind you were. So we went, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to go and talk to her." Uh-huh. And I remember sitting with her, and I was kind of just really excited because I thought I was going to hear something. And she said, "I have a problem with your child," and I said, "Oh no, oh, is he too advanced?" <laughs> and she said. No, he actually has some cognitive issues, and I think that what? he's falling behind. And I think Hold you, up. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that funny? You never told me this. I know, forgot about it till now. Wait, I was but like, now we're talking about soft skills. I'm thinking it doesn't come natural. Sure doesn't. Wait, was I like Forrest Gump when I was no, a kid? No, you were not Forrest oh, Gump. Oh my, which is fine. But, but I just you know, remember looking just at her like didn't realize that was my journey. No, I just remember come again, and she said. Well, she said, is he an only child? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, well, I think you're overcompensating. Maybe, you know, you feel pressure or whatever, but you have to let him do some things because he's falling behind on cognitive development. So he needs to learn how to, you know, reason and take initiative and, and you can teach him that at home. And I'm going to give you a little book here that I'd like you to read. Wow. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> so I was actually about to be held back. <laughs> I, like, I thought you were going to be advanced. <laughs> Oops. Oh my gosh. So anyway, I came home and I realized, you know what? And I know, I know a lot of us moms do that. And I realized that it was quicker for me to go grab your shoes and say, come on, let's go and get the shoes oh, than to say, it. Nachi, I want you to go to your room, pick out your Nikes, bring them back here and get the socks in the drawer too. You would remember to go get the shoes, and then on the way, you'd end up somewhere else and not even back to me. And I'm wow, like, no, no, the no. ADHD. <laughs> you got to follow through, you know, not you come back, you know, do this. Or when we finish the meal. It's like training like, a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, of. you don't realize that you have to do those things. I need you to chores, you know, I need you to get this from the refrigerator, go get the orange juice and put it in the lunch for mommy. 
little mm. things that I just kind of did it all because I was in a hurry all the time, or I wanted you just to play and I would handle it. Yeah. You see? Well, you know, what's so crazy though, is those things that you were doing, mm-hmm. like having everything situated for me and, mm-hmm. and it all lined up and my lunches and everything perfectly packed. And it was a really nice little childhood, you know? Well, but all those things you were doing would be considered like a plus, like, oh my God, your mom is super mom going above and beyond making life so easy. Yeah. You know, so I think that's where it gets a little tough sometimes because you kind of have to let your kid. You got a too much of a good thing could be too much of a good thing. Too much of a good thing. Yeah. Perfectly. (laughs) Because in doing that by overcompensating, I wasn't letting you be a kid in figuring out how to remember things or how to reason or problem solve. Like if you went to the bedroom and the shoes weren't there, you'd come back, mommy, the shoes are not there. And I said, well, did you look under the bed? Did you put them somewhere else? Problem solving. Rather than At the just basic doing it levels me. of a four-year-old. Yeah. And I think, I you know, and early. I see, yeah, I, and I think a lot of parents do that. But what's interesting is I bring it back to job and resumes full and all circle. that full circle moments. <laughs> Is that I know that 50% of people just don't like who they work for and they'll say, well, they don't delegate or they have no time management or they don't know how to conflict, handle conflict. They overstress. So you can see where maybe they those probably are. probably had a mom. Like me. <laughs> I was just doing too much. Well, you definitely, I think, rectified the oh, situation. Oh, I had to. I had to because she, yeah. I was just. Growing I up, was, it was like psychological boot camp in well, the best I was way just, possible. You know, I was blessed in the sense that she felt comfortable enough to tell me. And then yeah. I, and I received and thought, wow, let me look into this. And, you know, of course, you know, years later as I was, because my degree was going to be in marriage, family, child counseling. I was going to be an MFCC. And as I was going there, I started reading about that going, oh, I need to dial back. And I always tell you, he means the world to me, but he's not my world to me. And I had to keep dialing back and, and learning to let you know, not just successes, but the transition to the success too. Thank you. Oh, you brought the shoes. Yay. One thing I noticed you know? about you, I mean, just from growing up in this house is that you always celebrated wins of course like if i did well in something mm-hmm. you're like yeah hey, good job whatever but more so than celebrating any first place or anything any type of trophy or whatever mm-hmm. i noticed that you always like to celebrate the effort and you always rewarded me for trying it like i'm so happy you tried this meal yes. good for you you tried karate get in there and swim yeah like <laughs> you're doing just it try for even one though year. like i sucked at it <laughs> but you would always encourage me to just at mm-hmm. least try it which i'm I'm really glad you did that because I didn't always want to do that. And I did mm-hmm. at some points be like, damn it. No, I don't want to try it, but I'm right. glad I did. And then I guess feeling positivity uh, reinforced for actually just doing it, even if I wasn't good at it. And sometimes I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was really cool. Thank you for that queen. Oh, you're welcome. It was, it, well, you know, it was something I, I had to learn to do. It didn't come natural. Yeah. Gosh. And it's even tough because I see it in adults, all of us in, as I'm teaching interview skills, or as I'm talking about resumes and all that, I can see where those hangups come back to haunt us. Even myself, I had to really work through um, being okay to try for something and being gutsy enough to ask for it or to go for it. Put yourself out there. Oh yeah. I got to put yourself out there. So I just say to anybody who's, you know, wanting to get into a new job or, or thinking about getting, you know, kind of upskilling, going into a promotion or um, going back out after you've been, you know, out of the job market for a while. It's the journey. Just, I think that if we can empower ourselves, like my mom did with that one resume, that recaps it, put the diligence and the work into the resume so that you can kind of lay it all out and identify who you are and then start tweaking it to every employer that you want to apply to. Because remember, it's got to be employer centric. So if you see a job that you want, read the description, look at the hard skills, look at the soft skills. Make sure you include at least five to 10 of each. Yes. Well, five to 10 total. Oh, five to 10 total. Yeah. Just get <laughs> okay. them in there and do a nice, clean bullet format, one inch margins around. If you want to use a template, use a template, but the content is most important. Okay. Yeah. Don't let the the pictures and the color fonts and all that 
get you out of the ATS. Oh. But they're going to look for the keywords, and the keywords are your are exactly what the the program is set to do to scan for and rate. And you want to get at least an eighty percent and above. That's how it gets through. So once you get through your resume, it makes it through ATP or what's it called? ATS. ATS. Okay. <laughs> so once it makes it through ATS, then you could uh, end up going into the next round, which is hopefully an interview. But when it comes to the interview process, I mean, I know just from talking to my friends, colleagues that they, they talk about how anxious they get, but also they know they're going to be asked about their strengths, their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. There's also some big red flag questions when is a good time to talk about money? I know people are asking that. My low life is like, when can you bring money into the negotiation? All good How do you even properly negotiate with, mm-hmm. without sounding like you're just in it for yourself, even mm-hmm. though that's what you should be in it for? But you have to <laughs> sound like you're for the company. And then also, I, I received this question from several people, uh, but it was if you're in a job already, you're mm-hmm. happy with your career, but you're not happy with the salary and you're ready for a bonus or you want to negotiate some sort of a raise. How should you go about doing that? And I know there's some great tools, mm-hmm. recommendations, strategic tools on mm-hmm. your end that you could help people with. So, mm-hmm. Queen, we have to have you come back. We haven't even dived into that yet. There's still well, we so much can... more. Queen. Well, we can. Let's talk about the interview on the next one. Okay. You know, I will come back. Yeah, let's tackle that because that's, that's important. Maybe we make this a two-parter. Okay. Just Why don't we two stop part... on this one? And just remember, if I can... Just tell everybody the keywords, keywords. Remember that. Don't be scared. Just invest in your resume. If you have somebody writing a resume for you, then be confident enough to start tweaking it to every job you want to apply for. Don't do just one resume. It has to be customized. And just look at it this way. If you pay attention in the beginning, because the resume sets the groundwork for everything in your job and career search. The resume is going to set the standard for what you put on LinkedIn. The resume is going to set the standard for how you practice for the interview. The resume, most important, we'll talk about it on our next one, is going to set the bar for how you ask for the salary you want. And if you know that it's it's going to capture those three things, then I always tell people, my God, the one tool that's going to make all the difference is what we spend the least amount of time and effort on. So Just maybe knowing that it's going to do those three things for you, you know, it, you'll it's put worth. in more work because you Just realize it's going to be a lot of payoff. Work. It's going to be a lot of work, but then it's going to make it so easy on the back end for you. Sure. And that's what I yeah. want to do in life. <laughs> make it easy breezy. <laughs> yeah. And we got it. You know, like you said, 55% or how many people are out there looking Over now? 55% of Americans and los Estados Unidos are going to be looking for yeah. a new job. And just understand at some point you're going to be the head of your household, whether by choice, marriage, illness, divorce. Yeah. And so you need to arm yourself. Your toolbox needs to have a good resume and be ready to go out there and kick some butt. All right. From the patio to the boardroom and everything in between. Amen. Yeah. All right, <laughs> All right. We'll have you back uh, next week for mm-hmm. part two of the conversation. Okay. All right. So thank you for being here, Queen. Oh, you guys, thanks for having me. I enjoy it. I love having you here, Queen. I wish you could do every show with me. <laughs> All right. Do you want to close out the show with me? Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? <laughs> no. I close out the show and uh, we read reviews. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. I'm closing out the show with the one and only incredible Queen is here to read some reviews with me. So fun. <laughs> she's like so funny. She's literally <laughs> responding to emails right now. Oh my god, that's not true. I'm so reading. So busy. Oh, no, oh, you're I'm reading reviews. Yes, that oh. <laughs> was insulting. Okay. Just thought you were so busy. No, I okay. So she's gonna help with uh, reading reviews, and I just want to say to the low lifers, thank you so much for taking the time to rate, subscribe, or not even subscribe. What do they call it now? Follow the podcast. It really means a lot. And the fact that you review the podcast, taking the time to actually write a review, it just helps tremendously, especially for, again, a startup little shit show like the one I have here. And we're building this beautiful little community, this little pod of people, and it's the best people. I'm obsessed with my listeners. I just love you guys so much. And and again, I read every single review and they help a lot. So I just want to take a moment to shout out some listeners and also let you know. I was trying to think of a way how I can show my gratitude, my thanks for all of your support. And 
well, of course, I want to show it with my number one love language, which is gifts. I love gifts. Queen, I think yours is gifts too. Mm-hmm. You love gifts. You love giving gifts. Giving. Yeah. And receiving. She does. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you, love, <laughs> you love some gifts. So I'm opening up the low life gifting suite. And uh, yeah, it's filled with some hyaluronic serum, some gifts from our sponsors, some gift cards, just some treats. I bought a bunch of shit on Amazon and I'll be picking people at random in the review section. So if you leave a review, please leave your IG handle because I'll be picking people sliding into your DMs and you have a chance to win a little low life gifting sweet treat. All right. So let's read some reviews. Here we go. So first review comes from Haley in Wisconsin with a little piece of cheese. (laughs) She put Selena episode review five stars. Lo, I had to pop my podcast review cherry to write you a (laughs) to write you a review and tell you how much I look forward to hearing your stories and your cute laugh every week. You are (laughs) such a great storyteller. You keep it light and fun. And I especially loved hearing you talk about what Selena meant to you growing up. I haven't seen the movie. What the hell? You got to watch it. I haven't seen the movie about her, but I'm absolutely going to after listening to this podcast. Thank God, Queen. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you thought about it. It's so good. J-Lo's shining moment on the big screen. It's the only time I was fully on board with J-Lo. Not a fan. Oh, yeah. Queen has her reasons for that. But anyway, uh, Haley writes, love you, puta, with a heart, an eggplant, and a little piece of cheese. Haley, thank you for that. And I'm so glad you enjoyed the episode about Selena Quintanilla, Selena y los Dinos, because she's so important to the Hispanic community. And yeah, I'm just obsessed with her. So thank you for that. All right. Next review. You want to read this one, Queen? You can pick one. I have one. Okay, go ahead. It has, uh, this is from at Kate Freshie. Kate Freshie. Cute. Cute name. Sounds romantic. Freshie. Oh, she has an eggplant? Yeah, that's a dick (laughs) emoji. A spicy dick. Oh, shit. That's what it is. Well, there's a rainbow, an eggplant. A gay, spicy dick. Wow. Loving that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Absolutely loved the Selena episode. Literally such an icon and loved hearing how she's impacted your life. Heart, heart. So excited for the queen to be back. Is it Thursday yet? I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're back. We're here. What a nice message. That is really sweet. Yeah, that's cute. Like that. With one star. No, she gave five stars. No, she gave five stars. Yeah. How sweet that they write stuff, huh? Let's do another one. Okay. Next review comes from KMC Kelly 12. KMC Kelly 12 writes, my new favorite five stars. I found your podcast through your little maple delight and I'm loving it. I just listened to the July 8th episode with Caitlin and hearing her laugh so hard at your story made my morning. Sorry about what happened, but my word with the laughing face. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about my, uh, what are your skydiving oh, simulation? Uh, I almost threw up. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> so stressed out for me. <laughs> I was so embarrassed for you. Uh, she writes, um, oh, KMC Kelly writes, I love your voice and you can carry the podcast well. Just a joy to listen to with the little salsa queen emoji. Joyful. KMC Kelly, I'm so glad that you could find some joy and laughter in one of the darkest moments of my life. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah. No, I'm so glad I put that on the podcast. Although I was like, oh God, I can't believe I'm sharing this. But yeah, I'm so thankful that people got a big kick out of my dick being exposed oh to the God. world. Taking balls. You're so bold. <laughs> bold? Not, I didn't do that intentionally. Your penis. Oh. <laughs> So formal. Oh, All right. Do you want to read the next <laughs> review, Queen? I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> God. I want to do a shout out to Alexis because she's a public school teacher. Oh. And in the next episode, I'll answer your question because that is good about starting uh, a side hustle. Okay. And then um, Carol, her question was good is talking about bullying. Wait, and, what are you talking about? Well, these are some of the people who wanted to ask some questions. Oh. And I feel like we didn't answer it. And so I just want to make sure they know uh, we're reading it and we'll get to next week. Oh, that's in the low life Facebook group. Ooh, That's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. These are questions that were submitted. So we're reading reviews, but queen. I just want to do a shout out. I said, oh yeah. For a low life Facebook group. Yeah. For, those ask, two. for people who ask questions, which we'll answer those uh, next week. Yeah. We'll get to those. So the Facebook is kind of cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love yeah, that. It's so fun. So if you guys and haven't joined that, put, join it. Yeah, I actually get to put uh, a face with the name. Yeah, kind of um, cool. I love the Facebook group. They're the right. best. 
Are you so, gonna do you want to read a review? Um, this one is coming from at Nat I Cure C U R. Yeah, Cure Nat Natty Cure. Oh, but look at I absolutely love this podcast. The hour goes by so quick, and I'm always left wanting more. Lo is very honest, cuts to the crap person, and it's refreshing. We need more low in our lives. Oh, do we? (laughs) Do we, though? Do we? I think we've had our fill. I think we're good on that. Queen's through with me. (sighs) No, these are so nice. That's so sweet. Yeah. Thank you guys for taking the time to uh, review. And again, they help so much. And and we'll be picking people. Queen and I will be making gift packages, gift boxes. We're doing it here at your house, actually. We're doing it here. And you have um, Linda. Oh yeah, my Ayala aunt Linda. Coming. Yeah, my aunt Linda's gonna help with it, and and mm-hmm. I have a couple other friends Lulu. that are gonna help pitch it. My aunt, and we're gonna put together these boxes, send more out to you. They helped me on the first round, and yes. now they're gonna help me on round two, coming back for more. All the goodies are coming in. Yeah, which and I want to do even more for the holiday. Like I'm not even giving gifts to anybody in the family. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna be sending stuff out to my low mm-hmm. lifers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I know how fun though. Yeah, people love it. Yeah, who doesn't love free shit? Mm-hmm. All right, I hope you guys have a beautiful weekend ahead. Enjoy it. Maybe have some comfort food. Make yourself a pot of beans. Frijoles de la olla. I put the queen's recipe, authentic recipe mm-hmm. on IG. It's on my recipe highlights. If you want to try out her recipe, mm. you could find it there. Or maybe try and start that resume. Oh, sure. There's that. <laughs> update your resume or if you want to oh my put goodness. that off. Put that off until Monday and just have yourself a nice, <laughs> big, delicious margarita. But don't forget to drink your water, my beautiful Buddha. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're thirsty. <laughs> we love, love you. you. And we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.